Westwood One Podcast Network. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, Buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Dolly Goggins. Dolly Goggins. Dolly Goggins. Dolly Goggins. Dolly Goggins. Dude. Guess what we got coming up? Holy cow. I am, dude. I am beyond. You are the dude. No, I hope not. I, I shaved my beard up so I wouldn't look like the dude anymore. I got called out on that. My girlfriend, John, she looked over at me one day a few months ago. She's like, because it was like bad. And I was wearing like a sweater too. Mm-hmm. And I think I even had a, like a white <laughs> Russian in my white head. Russian. And I did. And she like, it, Slippers. I, you know, my hair was like two inches. I looked sloppy, right? Very concerned right? about my I rug. Look, I look like the antithesis of what Goggins would look like on any given morning. And she looked up at me and, she, it, and she's like, man, you don't look good. And then like somebody actually commented on social media. I did a daily dose. They're like, what's up, the dude? Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh my God. That's what I had yeah. to turn it around. I That's- consider myself a split between the dude and Walter at any given time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have a healthy balance. balance. I'm yeah. glad he's, he's pulled it back. Oh, my God. Want a toe? I'll get you a toe. (laughs) (laughs) Enough about the toe. (laughs) What's he saying? How do they yell at uh, Steve Buscemi? What what does he say? What was Steve Buscemi? Oh, Donnie. Yeah. Fuck up, Donnie. (laughs) Donnie, you're out of your element. Dude. (laughs) How can we be distracted with this right now? We have... Goggins three. Well, because it's the dude is the antithesis of the Goggins, right? And and what he does is, man, he he transforms you. I remember he went on Rogan again. And Goggins I, or the dude? No, Goggins <laughs> will transform you, right? You let him into your head, and you start asking and saying those same things that he's saying. Man, I as soon as he was on Joe's show, I immediately went and watched it, and I'm like. Holy cow, but I knew there was something massive happening, right, when all of a sudden, like, Kelly Slater is saying, this book will change your life, you know, Uh, all these things. And then I go to the Amazon to go check it out, and, like, he becomes by far the number one book 
right away, like in front of Michelle Obama, in front of, I mean, it was insane. So there is something palpable happening, right? Almost like a Jordan Peter th- Peterson thing. Yeah, for sure. I speaks on all levels, right? So just ran through every gambit of life. Well, druggish story out all of it. And that's what I believe. I'm hoping, I'm praying that we get for him. And he talks about it in the book, right? Where it started in detail and really sharing himself in his past because like, you know, we've talked about that connecting to David can be challenging sometimes mm-hmm. because he is at the top of his, of his game in terms of pushing himself. But when I think with this and the way people can gain access to his past and say, man, man, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm getting beat up by my dad. I, I come from a shitty childhood, whatever, but I can, I don't have to let that define me. Kind of the last release of the, the tough guy or the how hard we work to become what we are. And then at the end of that, what we usually hold on to the longest and protect is the inside, the backstory, right? The personal stuff. Yeah. So if you're at the point in your life when you can open up and just throw it all out there for everybody, then you're content because you've seen, you've seen yourself in multiple situations through throughout all our people. Right. And know that you weren't alone in that capacity. And once you see enough of it, you're like, man, everybody has to go through this stuff. And you start talking about it, then because of where he is in his life, it opens up the 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 path for everybody to follow in who who, who come from similar backgrounds. Absolutely. All right, all right. Let's get let's get to them. But but first we gotta do our intro. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, and I think the Goggins hurt my throat on that one. I, that was a little underwhelming. I apologize. Hopefully, the music we can just such potential. We could turn it up a little more. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford. Didn't I just do that, man? I'm so excited to get him on. It's crazy. If you're a first-time listener, stand by, because this one's going to blow you away. Because once you do part three, then you're going to have to go back to part one and part two, man. And we've got the whole series for you, the evolution of Goggins, right? Mm. Um, we want to give a shout-out and a thank you to uh, th- to be a part of the Westwood One Podcast Network. Thanks, y'all. We are super stoked to be a part of your stable and we also would like to give a new shout to one of our new sponsors, com.com. Guess what? Hey, New Year's coming up, y'all. And it's it's a magical time when you set some ambitious goals. But here's the deal. How many of you give up after two weeks? Let me tell you how 2019 is going to be different for you, right? 2019 is all about you being mindful and focused on achieving your goals. Well, that's exactly what com.com can help you do. We're excited to partner with com.com, which is the number one app to help you meditate, sleep, and relax. Practices like meditation and prioritizing sleep can leave you feeling more rested so you have the energy to go out and achieve your goals. Now, just head over to com.com forward slash TNQP and you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming, 
that are everything from guided meditations on issues like anxiety, stress, focus, and including our new meditation for each and every day called the Daily Calm. This is the perfect guide to help you in building your new meditation habits. There are also these epic sleep stories. Now, these are sleep bedtime stories for adults, right? And they're designed to help you relax before you doze off. You can head over to the lavender fields of France with Stephen Fry or explore New Zealand with Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. Man, that dude's voice in my head is about the coolest thing in the world. Although when I'm watching a man, it's dragons flying out of the air, right, gents? All right, now here it is. For a limited time, Team Never Quit podcast listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at com.com forward slash T-N-Q-P. That's T-N-Q-P. That's com.com forward slash T-N-Q-P. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at com.com T-N-Q-P. Give yourself the gift of Calm this New Year's. Seriously, it will change your life. All right, if you want to find out more about what it is we do, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com where you can find all of our shows, little write-ups on all the people. You can find our merchandise, merch, 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 by the way. We got some cool new stuff. Cool new shirts, Gears in. Gears in. Gears in. Best part of uh, checking on board a place, right? Gear issue. Oh, so good. We want you to take the few pennies rattling around your bank account after Christmas. And invest in something worthwhile. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Absolute. All right. And if you want to download, if you can download the show there, you can listen. But we're also on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, and every other podcast platform. Simply go into your search, type in Team Never, and we should pop right up there. Team Never Quit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe on your any app or your phone. And man, you can have us, more importantly, you can have Goggins rattling around in your brain mile after mile. If you want to follow us in the meantime to see our shenanigans, to see our uh, a little bit less impressive pathways in life, you can follow us. Mm. The, the, <laughs> the self-deprecation has begun, right? Mm. You can follow the show <laughs> at TNQ Podcast, the team at Team Never Quit, Marcus at Marcus Luttrell, Wizard at The Wizard TNQ, and me at Team Frog Logic. Now, Wizard, normally we'd read a bio, brother, but... It's a man that almost needs no introduction. He's getting you know, there. Let's let's just mention the book real quick because that's the new thing here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have to introduce ourselves. We don't have to introduce. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, hi, my name's David. <laughs> There's a part on the on, on the back. I think if we just read some of the excerpt here, it talks a lot about for the people who've been living in a cave. Okay. For well, past decade, uh, his new book is called "Can't Hurt Me: Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds." On the back, it's, uh, the description reads, For David Goggins, childhood was a nightmare. Poverty, prejudice, and physical abuse colored his days and haunted his nights. But through self-discipline, mental toughness, and hard work, Goggins transformed himself from a depressed, overweight young man with no future into an armed forces icon and one of the world's top endurance athletes. The only man in history to complete the elite training known as Navy SEAL training Army Ranger training, and then Air Force Tactical Air Controller training. He went on to set records in numerous endurance events, inspiring Outside Magazine to name him the fittest real man in America. 
Wow, that's heavy, that. dude. Nice. Yeah, that, that's job, awesome. Man. Not a bad title. <laughs> that's a pretty good title, yeah, man. Muscles, I dig those that. muscles work. They do, right? Yeah. Oh man, well, operational frame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait a second longer, gents. Let's bring the man, the myth, the legend on. God, yeah. Goggins, 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 Marcus, I swear to the Lord Jesus Christ that there is a bolt of lightning that rips through the 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 the, the corners of, the of my from the universe into my heart into my mind it 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 splitters it into an infinite amount of pieces and then comes smashing together like the big band theory when i start to think about our brother man and what he's doing with his life and how many millions of lives he's changing no, it gets to the point now that anytime he pops into my head or somebody says his name to me, I immediately go to, you know, like, like, a, like that part. I'm like, I know right now he's in pain and pushing himself <laughs> something, something. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> I need to get out of this bathtub. You know what I mean? When someone breaks his name up, it's like that, that call. Like I, I automatically know he's doing something, right? He's out there. And yeah, it's the funniest thing, man, to watch how... Man, we were kids when we started all this. Children, young whippersnappers. Well, I don't want to delay anymore. I've been chomping at the bit since you texted him a few days ago. And I just, I, I, man, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. (laughs) Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast, Mr. David Goggins. <laughs> hey, man, I can't thank you enough for having me back on, guys. It's, it's always a great honor. Thank you. Thank you. We, uh, it's, it, it, man, we're, it's Sir David, right? Yeah, Sir, we, David. Sir David. Goggins. Sir David Goggins. <laughs> oh, David, the, the fact that you took time out of your busy schedule, and, and, you know, obviously we are so excited for you and so happy for you and your success. And, and we really appreciate you coming on. There's no, no doubt that by far your, your two shows, <laughs> Goggins Part 1 and Goggins Part 2, uh, are our biggest, best, most listened to shows by far. And that you're back on with us for a third, man. It is, uh, it's just, it, I mean, I'm just smiling, man. I'm just so Patrick. happy. Yeah, right? Yeah, three, right? Three, yeah. That's what you, mm. Did you play hockey? You didn't no, play no, hockey, no. did you? All Big right. fan, though. <laughs> All right. So I, you know the deal. <laughs> you know how we do this. We got to get warmed up for the mad minute. We've got to shoot the most interesting, phenomenal questions you've ever experienced. You know, we're going right. to bring questions that no other interview has ever brought you so far, including ourselves. So are you ready to get started, my brother? I am ready. All right, here we go. Marcus, fire away. All right, brother. One place you could, if you could run over and over again. Oh, great. Where's that? It would be Death Valley, for sure. There's something about the desert, isn't there? 
Oh, yeah. There's something very, very creepy and also very peaceful about the desert, man. It's, it's nuts. Dude. Is, is that the one place where you're running where your mind is thinking about the same place that you're at? Because Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to do that because I do that now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely a nutty place out there, man. I, re- I remember being the first time I ever started running, like, you know, in the teams, you could actually do something other than lift, right? Was when out at Nyland when I was an instructor. When that happened. Uh, and and I, I, you know, after a long day, we'd be out setting up on a siphon or wherever. And then I'd just go for five, six, seven, ten mile run. You know, and the beauty of it, the rawness of it, the, you know, the desert doesn't play. There's no, oh. you know, it's it, the purity of, of its barrenness, of its desolation is palpable. A hundred percent, man. You, I mean, you, I couldn't say any better than what you just did right there. hundred percent. Awesome. All right, wizard. All right, here we go. Who would win in a fight to the death? Goggins 2008 or Goggins 2018? Whoa. And why? Ooh, for Whoa. sure, 100% Goggins 2008. Oh! <laughs> Didn't see oh. that coming. Why? Man, Goggins 2008 was dealing with some, uh, I was fighting the whole world. At, back, back then, at that uh-huh. time in my life, man, I was still in the SEAL teams. And, and man, I had a, a different kind of mentality. I was on the hunt. I was on the hunt for the most disgusting, despicable, hardest crucible on the planet earth and um that's where i started becoming you know i started getting a just like a different reputation within the seal teams because people just didn't understand my mentality mm-hmm. and i was just on the hunt for this the baddest shit ever created mm-hmm. at that time in my life so uh 2008 goggins was was a bad man but 2018 goggins is uh he's smarter he he might be able to take him just because of the smarts, but 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 pure on granimalisticness, man, it's it's two thousand eight goggins. <laughs> One day I would always say old age and experience will whip your ass every time. So <laughs> hey bro, eight, that's when I rolled out. That's when when I got tossed into the into the book into the book world. Everything's shifted in 08, I think, didn't it? It's a big shift, dude, yeah, man, for me lot, too. Lot. For sure. I got married to my ex. That was hell. <laughs> All, right. Out. All right. Yeah. If you could create if you could create the most insane race in the world, because I'm sure people are approaching you all the time, hey, create us a race. What would that race look like, and where would it be? Um, I, it would probably be out in the desert. It'd be out in the desert or else in the Arctic somewhere, either extreme hot or extreme cold. And it would, uh, it would have to have something with carrying something, like a percentage of your body weight for so long. Along with um, every so many miles, doing so many push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, rope climbs, um, it would almost be a hell week into a race. <laughs> but, but as an individual, no, no, no team work. No team. No you. That's right. No teamwork. No one helping you. No one motivating you. You against the obstacles, and the obstacles is yourself. Yeah. So it's like a miniature hell week against yourself where you race this crazy course, but it's like a hell week, though. The Goggins Challenge, right? Uh, I can see it now, baby. Incorporate Operation Red Wing into your race. Trophy ought to be be a a big bronze bust of you with with Red Wings coming off the back of it. Yeah, right. You run from the base. Oh, oh, yeah. It comes down in the middle of it as you're going through the elevation and the. 
And for your like 300 miles, your before your final hundred, you got to fight like uh, you got to fight John Jones or something, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, doing a fight and it was a fresh fighter. Right. <laughs> somebody's coming in. Yeah, somebody's chasing you down. Right? Totally. Oh, every right. time you get busted, you got to take a, a shoe off or, a, or if you lose something. Every time you get, every time they see you, <laughs> to make increase the pain. <laughs> no. I love it. All right, you're up, buddy. All right, brother. If you could change your name to anything, what would it be? Man, I, you know what? That's one quick David Goggins, man. I mean, I, it's, it's hard. Let I me mean, see. I have to say, uh, just that is a hard question. Like, I love my name. Um, we love maybe, your name. Maybe John Jay. John Jay. John Jay. I like that. John Jay. Here's here's a funny for all the people out there that are are looking for you know, the transcendental enlightenment through meditation, right? Sitting in the lotus position, you know, <laughs> trying to see through the third eye. What does, what does Goggin medita- Goggin's meditation look like? Well, I think, it, first of all, for me to get in the meditative spot um, to, to, to find the enlightenment, I'm, I'm kind of like those old school monks, man, who had to run, you know, for yeah. a thousand mm-hmm. days, 26 miles to find it. So my meditative spot, I can't find it just by sitting in the room in that meditative position. That works after you have found enlightenment through pain and suffering. And so, you know, all there's a there's a connection with all that stuff. You can't just jump to the fun stuff and sit in a nice dark room with you and yourself. You have to know yourself before you can sit in with yourself. And you don't know yourself until you put yourself through the crucible of life. Amen. That that right there, that's the T-shirt. I'm writing that I'm down. Oh my God, man, that's that's brilliant. And and it's every major psychologist, philosopher, theologian since the dawn of time has been preaching that. But somehow in the modern era, we, we've forgotten that that that's required, right? I mean, it's crazy. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, we skip that phase of suffering and pain and go right to the. In, Right to the enlightenment phase, and that's impossible. You can't do that. Well, a lot of people, when they become the teachers and the masters, and they're trying to teach it downward, they did, they, they're like, oh, I had to suffer, so you don't have to. Just take my my words of advice and wisdom. But that's the missing part that they can never under. They, it's not locked in until you go through that first part. And it's you know coming upon your perfect teacher because you're out there doing it. Those are the best coaches too. Benny the ones like who that, are showing man. it. Oh, man, the in ones with you. showing it. Yeah, yeah. And they're in there with you. <clears throat> For sure. All right, big guy. All right, brother, if you could run away and join the circus. Yes, yes. What event would you participate in? Ooh, man, that's a good one. I would probably want to be one of those um, high wire type of uh, walking across the wire, doing stupid shit on the trapeze, all that, all that weird shit that people don't, that, that, that I don't want to do either. Totally, dude. Everybody loves the trapeze. Yeah. Have you, you seen that guy walked across the Grand Canyon in the oh in yeah the, on that high wire got me, dude. Or the you know dude. What, I'm gonna tell you right now. That's amazing. But you gotta watch the guy that walks across the World Trade Center. That's old school. This guy doesn't have any yeah. kind of daggone like machinery. He goes up there with some guys he like hired from from New York City. Don't, don't you know what the fuck? His name is Philippe. His name is Philippe. <laughs> his name was Philippe. is maybe one of the most amazing mentalists of all time. All time. All time. This guy, 
taught himself how to walk across the wire. It's called, I think it's called Walking on the Wire. Or it is, like that. it is. Great documentary. Man on a Wire. It is the most amazing shit. And I don't even like that kind of shit. But <laughs> those people who are into the mindset, this cat, man, gets this rope, hires some people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. He's up on top of the world tracing before it was fully done and goes up there and lays on his fucking back. Uh, it's, 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 you got to see it. His name is Philippe. Google him. Walking on the wire. It's unbelievable. It is the sickest thing yeah. I've ever seen. I was like, why are so many people watching this? And then you watch it and you're like, he was, he, oh. nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. Uh, That's the beautiful, beautiful thing. Of it. I love that one, oh. man. Philippe Petit. Philippe Petit, I think yeah, is his name. Yeah. French high wire walker, famous for his walk between mm -hmm. the towers of the World Trade Center in 74. Yeah. That makes you think of uh, Honold yeah. and his free climbing. Oh. Same kind of thing. We're getting him on. All right. If you could travel backward in time to 2001 and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? This is two parts. What would it be? And then additionally, if you could call yourself in 2030 and ask yourself one question, what would it be? Deep shit, man. Wow. Yeah, deep shit. So, so 2001, if I could call myself in 2001, um, I, I would pretty much tell myself that, hey, man, this is going to suck. You know, cause I was I was just losing the weight, all that shit mm -hmm. to try to be a Navy SEAL. I was just going back to my third hell week. Um, I, I, I had doubt in my mind. I all those insecurities are coming back up going through my third time. I would basically tell myself, hey, man, you're on the right fucking path. Yeah, you're on the right fucking path. Just just huh. keep your head down. And don't look up because the Indians are way, 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 way far away. Just, just keep your head down and plow through. Wow, uh, that's a great answer. Two thousand thirty. Two thousand thirty. Yeah. Okay. So what I tell myself in two thousand thirty, if I give myself a call, um, it would it would probably be a call with probably me in the background, real silent, um, almost in amazement for for where I'm at and for what I've accomplished in my life. From, from from where I started, it'd be a very quiet conversation with with myself, almost in disbelief that I could have died, never knowing my true potential, almost in fear of knowing that if I didn't choose the path of most resistance, the the fear of 2030 of being that guy who never chose the path of most resistance, it'd be very haunting to me, knowing that I would be haunted by the fact that I was a person with all this ability in me but never cracked it open. So it'd be a very hmm. weird conversation with myself. Wow. wow. Here's the problem with that huh. is you're harder on yourself than anybody. So you know damn good and well when you called yourself, he would just sit there. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably hang up on you. Like, just wait. <laughs> just be like, just wait. Stand by, pussy, click. What are you calling me for? <laughs> We're not done yet. We're not <laughs> done yet. Dude, if I could talk to myself back in 2001, I'd say, hey, don't be late for muster. And in like 2030, I'd be like, hey, dude, did you forget your keys? <laughs> <laughs> all right marcus last question to learn to run fire away what do we got uh, man I, I tell you what people walking up to you and i, I get this with hey give me a piece of advice my, my biggest piece of advice i give everybody man is don't be afraid to be judged yeah just just don't be afraid to be who and this is the honest guy what got me in so much trouble in my entire life 
was I was so insecure. My, my life made me so insecure that I became afraid to be judged. And when you become afraid to be judged, you become afraid to live. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing, man. Just, just don't mm-hmm. be afraid to be judged by anybody. Amen. Amen. Thank sure. you so much for, for the mad minute. That's the perfect place to kind of shift gears, David. Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny, man. You, you start to, when you start to get into those points of our lives where all those insecurities are formulated, we begin to see that it, 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 it's over the course of a long time or span or distance. And obviously people are, are coming to our show because they're in those moments where their insecurities are affecting them. They're, they're feeling judged or they're judging themselves wrongfully. You know, what I'd like to start out this portion of the never quit story or your stories that you're going to share today with us is from a, a quote in your book and right in the beginning. And you would, we're talking about, you know, your father's roller rink, who was hanging out there, the, the, the challenge your mom was facing. And then you say this, and this thing just jumped out at me. It said, maybe if I had been older or my father had been a good man, I might have had some pride in being part of a cultural moment like that. But young kids aren't about that life. It's almost like no matter who your parents are or what they do, we're all born with a moral compass. That's properly tuned. When you're six, seven, or eight years old, you know what feels right and what feels way the fuck off. And when you're born into a cyclone of terror and pain, you know it doesn't have to be that way. And the truth nags at you like a splinter in your jacked up mind. You can choose to ignore it, but the dull throbbing is always there as the days and nights bleed together into one blurred memory. Can you, right. can you start us off on this edition of, of TNQP with that quote and your greatest never quit stories or story? Yeah, man. So, so what that right there meant to me, so that, that was simply that I was realizing that um, at this young age, my foundation was completely cracked. And what's, so if you read the very beginning of the book, you'll see to the unrelenting voice in my head that wouldn't allow me to stop pretty much, right? Yeah. So what that voice is, is God. I don't talk about God a lot, but you know, I'm a big believer in God and people think because I cuss so much that I don't believe in God, which they, they don't understand. I don't get that mentality with people. If I say fuck or shit, I don't believe in God. I don't, I don't get that. But anyway, <laughs> um, so that where I'm going at in this whole book is that I that 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 voice in my head, everything going around, that voice is very loud when you're a young kid. Because the world hasn't gotten a chance to pull you away from that voice. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the loudest when you're young. It's it's directing you to be a good guy. That's why there's no racism when you're young. There's yeah. no there's no bullying when you're real real young. You're just kids playing because you know it's not right to 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 you know to be this way to that kid. But as you start to get older, you start to move away from that voice because the world starts to get so noisy and so loud that that voice now becomes muffled. And so at this age in my life, that voice is loud and clear and it's telling me this shit is not right. What you're going through is wrong. Your mom being beat. You know, like I talk about, you know, being around Rick James and OJ Simpson. Like it would have been great if I was 30 years old, you know, seeing yeah. that stuff 
Mm. And, but what I'm seeing as a young kid is I'm seeing destruction. I'm seeing, so I don't see Rick James and OJ Simpson, man. I see nothing but destruction in this household. And that destruction is starting to build this new layer on top of me of like, okay, this is what life is. And I can tell it's, it's all wrong. This, this isn't what life is. But it just kind of swarmed me up and it kind of swallowed me whole. And that became for a long time, my identity was hurt, pain, insecurity, self-doubt, fear, and every other word you can imagine to make me feel bad about myself. Wow. So that, that comes from. Dave, can you, before we move on, can you, would you mind giving us some kind of story to illustrate, you know, to illustrate that and just help people maybe understand a little bit better? Yeah, so for me, man, my my dad was an alcoholic, and I talk about it a little bit in there, but he would beat us. Like, I'm not one that says don't whip your kid. That's not me. I'm not saying abuse your kid, but the kid has to know what you did wrong. You have to know what you did wrong. You have to know, okay, I messed up here, I messed up there. My dad would just beat us for no reason at all. So, you know, your your baseline of right and wrong was just – it was never there. So one time um, I was riding my bike and my dad said, do not ride your bike in the street. We all know what that means. Mm-hmm. Don't ride your bike in the street. Very simple. So I rode it on the sidewalk and my dad was in the window looking at me as he sat at the kitchen table, as he always did, smoking cigarettes and drinking his scotch. I turned my bike around and my front tire, literally as I turned around in someone's driveway, my front tire scraped, literally, maybe a quarter of an inch, hit the or, or you know hit the uh, street. I didn't ride in it. I, I turned around, hit, hit the street, and came back in. My dad whipped me so bad I couldn't go to school for four days. Holy shit! And so when I mean he beat me so bad, my mom had to write a letter to school saying, "Hey, you know David's sick." Now, I wasn't sick. I was bruised from my neck to my ankles. And so when you so you don't understand what's going on. And one time, you know, I talk about in the book, my dad beat my mom so bad he knocked her out and just drug her down the stairs by her hair. For just because my mom questioned him, not like talk back to him and say, hey, you know, just question him. So that's kind of the environment we lived in. You know, she, my mom lived in it for 17 years. I lived in it for eight and my brother did for 12, but he lived in it on and off. Because my brother was different than me. I went with my mother. He stayed with my father. And because he, you know, he wanted that acceptance mm-hmm. from my father. Mm. And so it's, it's it's crazy what the mind does to you in a very hostile, abusive environment. You know, and now my brother is, uh, you know, still paying the price. And, you know, so am I. Yeah, that that's unbelievable. When I, I want to talk about Jesus. the... The, this voice in your head and it being God, because I think this is a huge thing for people, right? If we can anchor, if we can anchor our pain in the fact that it's part of our pathway, it's God's great gift to us. And you right. talk about it in a bunch of different interviews, um, you know, and one on, 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 on Joe Rogan's show, your, your last one, you talk about that voice and most people's voices about comfort, and yours was a different kind of voice. Um, can you, at what point did you start to, did it really start to be quieted? And, and, that, and you didn't know how to, to, to 
build the voice back up? At what age? Was it 11, 12? Or, you know, at what point did just you could barely hear God's voice anymore? You know what's funny, man? I, I really never got to that point. Awesome. Uh, I was ignoring it. I was ignoring it because I, so with, with, with my foundation, with the stuttering, with the learning disabilities, with all these insecurities I had from being beaten and everything, I knew I had the ability because his voice was saying, man, you can do all this. I mean, you can be a badass still. We can, we can flip this story upside down. But I didn't have the strength to face the voice. Uh, to, to, to be like, hey, man, okay, you know what, I can, because I knew that the amount of work I was going to have to put into developing Goggins, you know, David Goggins was a punk, as I talked about a long time ago with us on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the strength that it was going to take to develop Goggins, and also, you know, I wanted people to like me. That's all I wanted. You know, when, you know, when you come from a world of not being liked or loved or, or not even knowing what love is, you want to be loved and liked more than anything in the world. Yeah. So you anything to get that. But that voice was saying, man, you might not be liked and loved when you go this way. And I was like, man, that's all I want. I never had it. So it, it, it really just took the courage because that voice became so daunting and so haunting. It just wouldn't leave me the fuck alone. That it basically made me face myself. And that's what it it, it 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 got louder. It didn't get quieter on me. It just got louder. Like like the more I lied, the more I became insecure. The more I cheated in school, the more I cheated in life. The louder that voice got saying, "No, man, you are here for a fucking reason, Goggins, and I'm not going to leave you alone until you do this. <laughs> until you go this way, I'm going to be in your ear. I'm going to make you feel worse and worse and worse and worse." Until you do what I put you here to do, which is what I'm doing right now. But without a story, you can change no one's life without a story. Marcus, and you you talk about that all the time with our guests, right, who who talk about this pathway of pain towards, you know, whether it's the enlightenment, whether it's it's the recognition that there's a better space on the other side or whatever it is. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Man, no matter how hard you try or how hard you train, and, and most we spend our lives to get out of a situation pretty quick, right, real fast. And those of us who are drawn into that, you can put a name on it, seals, whatever, back through time, and we all gravitate in a certain direction. It seems like no matter how often we do this or how good we think we get at it, man, you can still get burnt. Right? <laughs> you can still get your butt whipped in some kind of capacity. But that's okay. You look at it like, man, now, you know, hey, that was a good one. All right, I wasn't paying attention, but, I, you know, I am now, and I always will be. And that voice in your head is absolutely driving you in, in, a, in a specific direction. And when it becomes clear to you what that is, then the, the, the pain becomes the fuel. And, and the knowledge and the wisdom becomes the reward. Wow. David, what is um, what is that voice, and how has your relationship to that voice changed over time? Great question. God, right? Well, it's, it's, it's God. Well, for me, it's God. You know, I'm not here to judge anybody. I don't care if you believe in God or you don't believe in God. I'm not here to. I'm not. I'm not here to say that. For me, it's God, um, and it and it is basically it's an orchestra. It is it, it is that voice that is that we all have whether you believe in God or not, 
you you have that voice. Some of us get very mm. far away from it because we start to take the path that we want to take versus the path that we are supposed to take. So then the more you do what you want to do, the more that voice becomes muffled to the point where that voice becomes silent and people wonder why they become so lost in the world because you have no direction, you have no guidance. You're only guiding yourself. And when you guide yourself, you are truly lost in life. Mm. And this isn't about God or anything else. This is just about, man, you gotta, we, we are here for a reason. If you don't believe you're here for a purpose, you, you have lost the war. You have to believe that everyone here is for a purpose. And so Amen. for me, mm. that, that voice has guided me to exactly where I'm at today. So, so, so what was your second question about that one? I wanted to know how your relationship with that voice has changed. But just before that, to clarify, so you actually literally believe that that voice is an external element that is communicating with you. I, I, I know. And see, this was crazy about it, man. And, and until you've lived a life like I have, we all have a story. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why I should be where I'm at today. No reason. I I have, I, I literally might be, and this is honest to God's truth, I hate to say this, people say, I don't say this by yourself, I might be one of the biggest underdogs in the history of underdogs. And I'm not saying there's a lot of people who have no arms, no legs, stuff like that, who have cancer. I'm not talking mm. about that realm. I'm talking about a human body form that I have, being able to do things. My mind was mush. It was literally mush. And I have to tell myself this, and I'm very misunderstood a lot, which is why I share my story. And if you listen to that voice and you're willing to put the, the armor, the armor on your mind every day and go to war with yourself, what comes out the other end is truly amazing. So I got a chance to live it and know what the voice is. A lot of people mm-hmm. haven't experienced what I experienced, so they have a lot of doubt. And I might have doubt too if I didn't experience what's on the other side of suffering. Huh. That's the thing about it, man. A lot of us blame God or whatever for this kid has AIDS. My dad died. My mom died. I'm suffering. So, you know, my my priest or pastor stole money from the church. So it's all God's fault. Man, we are really missing the point of the test of life. We are we are missing that there has to be a trial ground. And I'm not trying to go there right now. I'm just telling you what I experienced through life. And if I saw it any other way besides a trial ground, I would be a fat, dumb, insecure guy at 43 years old, having never gotten to the other side of this fucked up journey of life that we all experience. Hmm. We have to turn the, the, all these negatives into fuel for positives. And that's what the journey is. That's, that's what it's all about, finding the flip side of all the negative. So now with the voice I have in my head, I don't question it. I don't talk back to it. I just say, look, man, whatever. If my job is to suffer for the rest of my life, to show people what is possible, if my job is to be comfortable, if my job is to be a priest, a pastor, run hundreds of miles, go back in the military, work out until I'm dead, whatever whatever the voice, be be homeless. (laughs) Whatever the voice is telling me to do, man, like, but usually it's telling me you have to go into a place that is very uncomfortable to find comfort. So I just, I just listen, man. Is it possible hmm. God was talking through your father? A hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. I uh, I had to go back through my life. That's deep. And realize. So what what made me get to where I'm at today is I had the woe is me mentality. And once again, man, I'm not trying to preach God on people right now, but this is what the conversation is. I had to go back and get answers. I, I had to go back and see why I was treated the way I was. But I had to have the courage to do that. And to have the, you have to not hate the people that did things bad to you. You have to understand the people yes. that did things bad to mm. you. You can't go back. My dad had a lot of demons that he didn't face. He didn't hate me. He didn't hate my mom. He hated himself. And I had to go back and study his path. What, what drove him to this point? So mm. all my enemies and all my foes and all everybody that I've come across in my life, I had to study them to understand where this shit came from. So then I understand I can forgive them. I can't live with this hate. I have to move on. So there's a big process in life that we don't want to deal with because we live on the surface. We love the surface of life. We don't want to go to the root cause of the fucking problems that we all have. And the root cause is usually when you were a kid. Mm. Why am I this piece of shit right now? Usually happened when you're four, five, six, yep. seven, eight, nine, ten, and now you're 47 years old. You wonder why am I still jacked up? It probably happened to you when you were real young. But you, we don't want to go back in that stuff. We can't talk about it at parties. You want me on that wall. Leave <laughs> <laughs> me on that wall. You need Goggins on your psychological wall kicking you in your ass, right? Yeah, that's exactly how I did it, man. I turned back and I was like, okay, why let's let's examine exactly why these these had to go down the way it did. And I was like, man, if 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 every piece of life is a training ground, even right when you come in and you're born, right? Just trying to survive, the first test you're thrown at is breathing. And then after that, it keeps kind of escalating up the path. And the, our children are the next version of us. So if your old man's whipping on you, he's beating on himself. He just, just whatever reason's going on in there. And uh, if you if you once you realize that what's happening is like, all right, man, obviously there's something going on behind that, and that's the reason I'm taking it as hard as I am for the for some ridiculous stuff like a uh, you know a tire halfway into the street or misspelling a a, a word, right? And and that's the lesson and that's the test. And if you make it through that part, you've graduated that part of your training and you, you learn from it. And you, you definitely don't have to push it down. Like I can never beat myself up. Like I, people always did that. I wouldn't do that to the next version of myself. Mm -hmm. I'd understand. And that's when you have the ability to take yourself back to the age, right? The kid, always put yourself, always put yourself in the, into the situation of that person see what's going down and try and think about both sides Huge. of it. Always, always do that, man. And, uh, and don't look at it as something that you have to take every single day. That moment lasted for that moment, so it's over. And you push past it. You made it through it. The, the, why would you drag the feeling with it, right? Why? Because you think you're going to go back to it? Well, that's all right. We'll deal with it when we get there. But just keep going through it. And those tests are important. I mean, don't ever forget about them. They remind you how strong you are. And then as you progress through life, man, you, you make your own identity. And I like to say, man, never let anybody's perception of you become your reality. Well, that's a mm. fantastic point, And that's a great place to go back to David. David, one of the hardest things that we face, especially if we're managing a shame, a guilt, is this concept of judgment. Whether right. we project judgment on others to make ourselves or to protect ourselves or when it becomes a malicious judgment or whatever. Can you talk about the power of judgment 
what it's been like in your life and how you approach it now. Well, man, I tell you right now, being judged, I mean, guided me into every wrong decision I made in my life. I mean, it, it, it literally formed a human being that wasn't who I was supposed to be. You know, that, that whole uh, being afraid to be judged, like I was talking about to begin with, man, yeah. like it, it literally led me down a path of such a, a person that had no code, no ethics, no, no nothing. You know, like, you know, we had that seal ethos, you know, to a lot of people, man, it's a nice, big, long, nice, big, long message. There's a lot of great things in there, but to really live by that every day of your life. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm. yeah, we're all team guys. Dude, let's be real. Let's let's get real. And I had to get real with myself. A lot of guys don't like me for that reason. What I had to do is I had to form my own David Goggins ethos. Nice. And the thing about it is, man, what comes out of my mouth, it is. And I have to say this very loud. I, I fucking mean the shit I say. I live it every day to a point of disgusting it, it, it's, it's hard for me. It is hard for me. So what sets people apart is when you set an ethos in your mind and you say, this is how I'm going to live my life. Whatever that is, you stop looking for those people who are judging you. The only person that you are judging is yourself. That, that, that reflection in the mirror is the only person you become accountable to unless you believe in a higher power as I do. But that person, you, all the outside interference, all the outside noise, all the mis, you know, understandings of, you know, all that shit that happens in life. We, I no longer care because I have my own ethos in my life that this is what I do on a daily basis. And I understand if you don't like it, that's fine. But you have to get to that point of having a lot of courage and having, you have to be proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself, amen. Amen. Same thing, man. The seal ethos is amazing. I mean, those guys that put that together did a really good job. But I took something from each one of the kind of the phases in my life and put it into into an ethos as well. I say it every morning great power comes great responsibility, daily control, stay humble, and work harder than everybody else. I, I repeat that in my head anytime anything gets hard. And don't feel this is a big problem people have that I think too is they see something cool like a fray or so, somebody does something and like oh man that was really cool but then they don't adopt it because they think it belongs right. to somebody somebody else right man if you see something somebody's well, doing it, and it's hard kind of, too of course it is right he's, he's talking little, truth <clears throat> he's talking living in a truth yeah. right it's, living in David Goggins own truth. And that's the hardest fucking thing in the world to do, to admit your faults, to admit your sin, right? And, right. And, and then to live in that sin, but try, and, and then w when you think about it, and I, you know, I, I'm telling you, this is, a, this is a shift. This is your, and I'm holding up your book for, you know, the audience that's listening to this. You know, you can't hurt me. It, you know, when I see that title, I, I see a shift towards living openly with truth, right. your truth. Can you talk about why that happened and why you came up with this, the idea that you, that you had to put this out there? Well, the thing, man, is that I am, I became known through my journey in life as uh, the hardest man on the planet, the toughest man, the blah, all this stuff, man. I, you know what? And I appreciate that. It means it makes me feel great. But every day, you know your backstory. 
you know where you come from. And so for a lot of alpha males, hardcore guys, as we all are, you know, you see what you get. We're some hard knuckle draggers, you know, <laughs> I'll fuck you up with, you know, what's your name? Let's go, mother, you know, all that bullshit, right? People can't learn from that, man. I'm sorry. So when people started giving me all these accolades and these great titles and I'm indestructible and I'm Superman, I'm a robot, it made me think a lot about, man, these people have no idea. None. They have no idea, mm-hmm. man. The hard David Goggins, man, I got to tell you all the truth. I got to, I got to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to break myself down to the sewer, go back down to the roots of Goggins. That's right. Goggins. That guy was made. It used to be just David, you know, <laughs> just, just, just Dave. I, I wasn't even David, just Dave. So, you know, I had to, I, I wanted to share my life with people for a simple fact. Of the matter is there's a lot of people who put people above like, oh my God, I can never do that. I can never be this. I can never be that. We put people on a pedestal and we make them, you know, we, we, we can never reach them. We can never reach them. So, so many people said that about me. I can never be where you're at. I can never do what you do. I can never do this. So I had to show them the power of the human mind, the power of the human mind that Mm -hmm. you can be given a ball of shit. (laughs) You can be given, and I hate to say it, you can shine a turd. (laughs) You can shine a fucking turd. (laughs) I love it. I hate to say it, man. All these people out here who say you can't shine a turd, they don't fucking know, brother. So you can. So I. So that 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 book's about. I had to break myself down to nothing. I had to go back to all the scars in my mind that life gave me to show people human potential. Human potential is within us all, but it's mm-hmm. not within us all if we continue to fix our lives on a surface level. Like for instance, my last year and a half, two years of of, of being a seal. They sent me down to fucking uh, Great Lakes. I was all jacked up. My health was all messed up. I'm down in Great Lakes teaching these guys how to, you know, get them ready to be Navy or, or, you know, go to Bud's. But the same amount of guys were quitting. And I didn't understand that until I got deep into the problem. And, you know, these guys were faster swimmers, better runners, better at everything than, than we were. But they were still quitting. And I got down to the root of the problem. We were building bigger, stronger, faster quitters. Why is that? I realized that, man, we weren't doing the one thing we had to do more than anything, which is develop the mind. We have to develop the mind. Like Marcus, mm-hmm. he couldn't run for shit, man. And I'm not, it, it, but the thing that we, that, that, that we didn't do with Marcus and people like Marcus, we didn't crack these motherfuckers open. How, what makes a person like this get through that? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the running. It's not the swimming. It's not the Olympic ability. It's the human mind. Yeah. So once I started cracking that open, I started realizing, man, people have got to believe in the mindset that we, the most powerful weapon is the mind. Hands down. It, but we don't use it enough. It's too noisy in this world. We don't use it. So it goes, it falls by the wayside. Your, your brain isn't a muscle. It's not a muscle, but you have to train it as one. If you stop doing pull-ups, pull-ups become hard. If you stop running, running becomes hard. 
If you stop mentally challenging your mind, you become soft. And so that's what it's all about. I love it. Yeah, brother. Hey, man, I, I, you're not a turd, right? And some of us were born in the, in the shit, right? We're covered in it, and most of our lives when we're coming up, we look like one. But the harder you go, man, that's, that, all stuff, that stuff's falling off of you. You realize what was covered underneath it. And that, you know, that's kind of what you are. You give direction to everybody who was born in and all that. That's how God, hey, man, that's how he tests us, right? If, we're, if you're truly going to be what, what we know you are, man, those, those aren't, you're just not born and everything's going to be good. And that's how it works, bro. It's the test, right? And the harder you grind and the, the more pressure they, when they put on you in that vice and they just squeeze you. That diamond in, in that rough, that diamond stone. Because all the guys we hang out with, like I say, are stones, man. Sharpness, dullest. Our ladies polish us out. So, man, that's... Uh, What's crazy about all this, guys? And I think one message that they need to know is uh, all these people listening is they have no idea how much we all want to quit. I mean, you know, I think that's the thing about it, man. I Even today at 43 years old, man, every day I wake up, man, I want to quit. I want to retire. Every day of my life. So that's the thing about man. Like you don't, you don't get to this some some higher place in your mindset where it's just set in stone and you're good to go. No, <laughs> yeah. why every day? Why? Why? God is are you still battling every day? Because every day I want to still fucking quit. It actually gets that's harder what, as we get older. Because yeah, like, I, I've put out for long enough. I mean, I'm, it's probably okay. Because you tell your sex, like, it's probably okay if I step down and I, you know, take it easy and retire. Yeah. Right. It does, you, I mean, people are like, why do you tell yourself not to quit? Because the other voice saying, hey, bro, it's time to take it easy God. is really exactly. prevalent. It starts to shift. You're right. Yeah. It starts to shift versus, hey, get after it versus, hey. Let's let's, let's stop getting after it, brother. Yeah, and that's the problem with counting our years and our age. She's like, this age, I'm supposed to be doing this. But if you wipe that out like you have, and the whole thing is the the time we have down here is short, right? You got to think about it. And if, look, if the first family has a bunch of kids, man, and now all the kids are saying, yeah, I love you, father, and man, this is great, and that's all you say, then who gets rewarded in the family? The one who goes out and does the most, right? Who puts the work in and who walks the walk and That's actually gives back and takes care of everybody and, and, and thinks very little of themselves, right? It's all about everything else. The, what, the part you think about is keep going, right? Just keep oh. taking all this, man, and then come back, hit, hit the sack, refresh, start back up. Only easy day was yesterday. You got to hand it to our program, man. The, the sayings and quotes they got all through there were pretty brilliant, right? Just constantly, because it's so ingrained in our head that even well after we're out of it, man, it's applicable to everything that we do. Life. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, particularly with this book that you've just come out here, and obviously we've talked about this, and your influence as a public figure and the message you have out there, you seem to have, I mean, you obviously have a full realization of the power of that. So what I want to ask you is, do you think that everyone needs to, or that they have to, go to such extreme extents of suffering? You know, going back to the sewer, as you say, where you discovered dog breaking yourself down. Dog to nothing. Do you think everyone has to do that in order to realize uh, a life at full potential? You know what? You don't have to do it to the to the level that I've done it at. By mm-hmm. any means, you don't need to go out there and break yourself off running two hundred mile races and doing pull up records and going through Buds and Ranger School and all that shit, 
but you do have to examine yourself and you have to examine yourself on a, on a very uh, physical and mental level. Um, mm-hmm. it is, it, it is very important to push yourself to a point where you want to quit very badly and examine yourself there for long. And instead of quitting in that moment, examine yourself And that moment. is not one or two moments throughout life. It mm-hmm. has to be, it's not every day. Then it'd be every day, but it needs to be periodically. You, 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 you need to tap into what you're capable of. And you have to also, it, Everyone must go back to the beginning. Yes. They're like, everyone has to do that because mm-hmm. everyone has a story. And if you think for one second, you got away clean, you're fucking lying to yourself. <laughs> no one, no one gets away clean. There's just people who hide it better than others. That's all it is. Some people are able to hide amongst people better than others. So you, so one thing you must challenge yourself physically, mentally as much as possible not to my level, but you, but everyone must go back through and do a live autopsy on themselves to see what is going on with inside themselves and you know how they came up. I think that depends on the reward you want. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Like you, you can put put the pressure in, like you said, and that will chip off a piece, and, and you will you will get to that level. And there's, I think the levels are infinite. Right? Well, I mean, just keep how, on going. how close I mean, to God do you want to get? Clarity, right? Exactly. Yeah. How close yeah, to God do you want to get? Yeah. You know, yeah. well, 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 if you want to go there, man, looking at damn near death, my friend. Well, I, and I mean, I, hard. Well, bro, all you got to do is look at John, Peter, Paul. They they all walk to their deaths. That's right. I mean, you can't get any more hauled or ultra or or suffering than that, right? I mean, it's it is the pathway to salvation. Period, and it always has been throughout history, and it, and it's. It, I think what we're seeing today now with philosophers and and people like the modern philosophy that's evolving out of David, you know, and other people like him that are bringing a new way, or an old order of thinking to a new way of experiencing it. Right. Sure. Right. Awesome, David. You throughout the book, you issue various challenges. And, and <laughs> so one of the ones that just absolutely jumped out to me was challenge nine. And this is how, this is the first paragraph. <laughs> yeah, this is how it starts. This one's for the unusual motherfuckers in the world. A lot of people think that once they reach a certain level of status, respect, or success, that they've made it in life. I'm here to tell you that you always have to find more. Greatness is not something that if you meet it once, it stays with you forever. That shit evaporates like a flash of oil in a hot pan. Can you talk about Challenge 9 a little bit for us? Yeah, man. So I, after I realized, um, coming from my weak self to my stronger self, I started realizing, man, my God, man, the, the human potential is, is, is damn near endless. If you're willing to push yourself and your body, mind, and soul, and spirit, and everything else can come together as one, man, you are on a on a crazy journey. So that's what I started realizing in my life. So the uncommon chapter there, chapter nine, and that challenge there, I'm 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 basically saying this, man. You can't ever have like let's say you've let's say you want to make four or five million dollars, you want to be this successful person and whatnot, man. That shit evaporates, man. You 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 don't ever 
you don't ever arrive and you've arrived and you stay there. <laughs> you are being hunted. You are being hunted on a daily basis. Your refrigerator can never be full. Like no matter how much you've achieved, no matter how much you've done in your life, if, if you're wanting to be an uncommon person, and there's very few uncommon people, and those uncommon people are the people who a lot of us hate to be around. <laughs> who don't because they are a constant reminder of what we're not. Yes. They're a constant reminder of how hard we're not pushing, how hard we're not grinding, how much we're taking. Oh, you know what? I don't feel good today. I want to take a day off. That uncommon person is spitting up fucking hawkers as he's running. <laughs> and, and 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 he's running by you as you took your day off because you're a little under the fucking weather. And it's not, and, and, and like I put in the book, it's not for mm-hmm. everybody. It's not for everybody. But when you want to be uncommon, your life is not balanced anymore. You are, your, your, your center of universe is off kilter a little bit. Your shit is not wired the same as everybody else's. You have chosen, chosen is the word. Yeah. You've chosen to be an exceptional human being, maybe an, a, a human being that is titled, and misunderstood for a lot of the right reasons, the reasons that you're looking for. So that is that title of uncommon amongst uncommon. That's the chapter nine that I go into. But to be that every day of your life is great sacrifice upon yourself and your family. Amen. Because your family has to realize Mm -hmm. David may not be around a lot. And they have to realize, hey, this guy is searching for something that a lot of us don't even want to tap onto, but they have to respect the fact that you're an unusual motherfucker. Hmm. And that's okay. So that's all that right there. But it takes great sacrifice and great dedication to oneself. But the key word there is self-discipline. The self-discipline you must have is beyond anything I've ever seen in the SEAL teams even. It goes way beyond all of that. Yeah. There's no brotherhood out there, man. It's you against your fucking self every day because no one else wants to do that shit. <laughs> well, that's the toughest part about about getting into a sport where there's a champ or in, in, in the team environment because you're only better than the guy you beat. And then to get better past that, you have to compete against somebody or go against somebody who's better than you. And if you're at the top of it, then everyone's just training to beat you and you're sustaining, right? Because you can't really go past that. And the unique capacity at which you do in your sport, man, is you, it's against yourself. The best was you, you yesterday. And then every day, hey, when you get up, you push past it. And you're right. You get around some of them uncommon dudes in the team and they're all, you know, they're a perfect shot. And you're like, man, I, you know, you will... You will beat yourself to death to try and get to that level too fast. So it's, it's mm. you know, you got to remember how much time they put in. And some people just have natural talent, but they're also cursed with laziness or some, something else, right? Exactly. You mean, you, we had some of them guys, mm. man, one in particular, you know what I'm talking about? He was good at everything, right? Yes, but just sir. the laziest man, and that's their, the, the, the love of the opposites. So the trick is to master both the opposites and pull them into the middle and let them drive you in that in that direction because then you're competing kind of against yourself. And, and and when you do it in that capacity, man, it it opens you up because you're not being you're not judging yourself off of somebody else's how good and bad they are. Oh, That's man. a true statement, Marcus. You got you got compete against yourself. Oh, it's unbelievable. All right. So I want to shift because what I what I'm witnessing, which is unbelievable, because we had you on two years ago. Two years was the first, actually two and a half, which was the the first one, and 
and since that time you there has been a a transformation in you know in this experience that you are living through right now right where right. you have pushed and pushed and pushed all of a sudden all of the things are coming clear you see it clearly now well what's interesting to me and you talked about it right at the beginning of your most recent er- interview again with Joe Rogan was you like man I had to get fired up to come on to the show I had right. to get fired I'm an introverted guy I'm a I am a I don't want I you know it's tough for me to talk and expose and share myself I'm this is what I'm doing in my head well, guess what? God has flipped that on your ass on you now. Yeah. And your next, yeah. I believe wholeheartedly, your next greatest never quit moment is the burden he is placing on you, David, to go yep. and sp- share this message with the world, to share yep. the word. What does that feel like for you? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> it's very daunting. You know, people, a lot of people um, don't, they don't understand me. And when I speak, I speak to the truth. It took a long time for me to get to the truth of my life. So whatever I say to you is who I am, take it or leave it. This is a very challenging time for me. Yeah. I am, uh, I, I never expected to do this. I never expect this book to be where it's at right now. Um, and this will be by far the biggest challenge of my life because every day I wake up, I just want it to go away. I, I just want to be. <laughs> David Goggins, again, the guy who just gets up, runs his miles, and no one knows of me. No one knows about me. No one talks to me. I'm left alone in my little incubator of life. And and um, so this is very challenging for me. It's just... Uh, <laughs> Some days it's, are it's, over. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, is, uh, it's, it's, it, it is frightening, man. I am, I'm a kid at six years old. I'm still battling this. I got up in front of a, a crowd of people and stuttered. I had a really bad stuttering problem, man. And... and, and um. For me now to be a public speaker, people have no idea. It's not like I, I'm over it. I'm still that six-year-old fucking kid. People don't get the the journey is is, is never fucking ending. So I'm like, oh, you evolved to this great man. Yeah, I'm fighting that same fucking kid every day, man. Like I'm afraid every day to be judged, but you're still you, you know you, you you have to be strong and stand on your two feet. And while I'm afraid of being judged, still be judged and still move forward. So it's, it's, it's getting harder now because now my message is touching millions of people and now I have more eyes on me, more times to stutter, more times to mess up, more times to be judged, more people to pick at me, more people to come out of the fucking woodworks and say he's lying, he's this, he's that. I have more people from the hell I came from, those people who never evolved, who are trying to bring me back into that hole saying – I remember you back when you were a piece of shit. It's those people who are still trying to bring me back in the sewer with them. So when you open this big cage, like God has opened for me, as powerful as it is, and most people are like, my God, look at your life. Look at what you're doing. This is amazing. I see in the way of this, man, the demons are more prevalent. The demons are flying higher. The demons are now all around me. And now this is where the voice starts to get quiet because the demons are so fucking loud and they're in, in abundance. So it's, a, it's, it's tough, man. Well, You're the, going through buds again. Yes, and sir. all the people from your past are the instructors and everybody around you, man. It's like, because we're, 
we went through SEAL training back in the day where you saw the instructors, they had the shirts on, you can identify them. But as we have progressed, man, we don't go through the basic stuff anymore. Our training is advanced. So they remove the Buzz instructor shirts and, and it's, it's kind of those life instructors. And the problem was, is, man, you threw out your service record in front of all the instructors to show them how badass you were. <laughs> it's like announcing that the first day of training, right? And you know who had to go through that? Mojo. Remember when every day he was getting it because I had already been through there. And that's what's happening. Right. And, and this, it's, it's, an, it's another journey through the SF uh, pipeline is where you're going, man. And you've done multiple of them. And every little aspect of what you just said correlates to every little thing we had to go through. They're always telling us we were no good. They're always telling us that, that this, this, that, and the other. And that's by design. It's just, in a, it's just wrapped in a different package. And, that, it may, and you didn't let that, that, not, that couldn't get in our head and we were going through that at that young age. And it definitely can't get in there now. In the world that you're in now, man, you're not supposed to be in it. Mojo talks about that all the time because he's in the science world. He looks like we are what we are, our backstory. But we live multiple lives. Most people don't. They spend their entire life in one realm trying to get really good at it, and we just keep switching, right? Right, right. Never get master anything. We're good at the basics. And now you're into the literary world, and it's it's different, right? But I looked at all of them, man. Every one I ran into, man, just teach me something, learn something from me. And the minute you started getting negative, I would shift because that's obviously you're you're feeling a little inferiority while we're here uh, because we're not supposed to be. But, man, soak all that up because after this, imagine there's going to be a movie being made after you. And that's going to – I can't – you get Denzel. What's up? <laughs> you get Denzel. He, he needs to get in shape, though. He's <laughs> shape right now, man. Oh, that's, that's, that's that life, I because mean, we're always together. And then, obviously. I want the guy in Luke Cage to do it. That's who I want to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the only one who can do it. Or for Terry. Sure. Yeah, Terry. right? Oh, my God. Uh, Expendables and Friday. <laughs> Love that guy. Oh, man. All right, David. Man, I so... Can you talk about making, how do you specifically day in and day out make God's voice louder? Well, I have to, honestly, this is, and God, there's so many people who talk so much shit and don't do it. That that's, I, I, I keep on saying that message because I tell you right now, that's how you have to practice what you preach. I, I cannot be so this morning. I got up. It's not just about working out. It's not, but this morning, I got up and I got my workout in I, be, before this podcast. I cannot practice about mental and physical hardening, callous in your mind, callousing over the victim's mentality, all the, without doing it on a daily basis. How that voice gets louder and louder and louder is you keep on practicing what you preach. If there's ever a day you don't practice what you preach, that, that voice will get softer and softer and softer. A lot of us who are out here trying to motivate we're trying to inspire people. We do it off of our couches. We do it off of what we used to be, not who we are. So for me to, so once I stop being who I am, you'll know, cause I'm going to shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> because I'm no longer living that shit every day. You're like, Hey, what happened to God? And, oh, Goggins must've fully retired. <laughs> <laughs> because I never see him on a podcast. I never see him doing shit. There's no more books. There's no more interviews. There's no more speaking engagements. Because why? I have knowledge, but I'm not practicing what I'm preaching right now. It's the time to retire. So that's how my voice gets louder. And I always know I'm doing the right things 
when I wake up and I do shit, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this today. The voice is very loud. When I put it on, I get after it every day. Amen. But another thing, right, is um, just a, just one quick second on that. Yeah. Is you got to still stay who you are. Amen. You, I'm, I'm David Goggins. My shit still stinks when I take a shit. Mm. And if, <laughs> and I, I, you know what? And, and that's the one thing right there. When people come up to me, man, I'm on a run. I'm on this. I'm on that. You stop. You take fucking time out. Amen. There's, there's one thing that Marcus told me a long time ago, and he said, uh, when you sign your fucking autograph, you make sure you don't sign no scribble shit. <laughs> and basically what he was saying is make sure you take the time to write your full name on that damn book. And but, because, you know, it's just taking time. You're you're never above no. anybody. Mm-hmm. You 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 are no, no matter how high you get, no matter where you get, no matter what's going on in your mind. God is putting a constant reminder, hey, I will smack the shit out your ass real quick <laughs> and right back where you came from. That six-year-old boy. That's right. And then some of us get smacked every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swore I was doing good, man. <laughs> what did I miss? Oh, awesome. awesome. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, I have a, the question I want to ask is usually the one we put in the place of kind of when we start winding things down. It's like the points of advice. I want to ask you guys if you have another question you want to put in there before we get to that. No, I'm, oh, man, man, I'm, yeah, I'm, I feel fulfilled. <laughs> I feel like I, like if this, I have, this has if been, I, I think the best, if I have any more so Goggins today, then I, I I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to live in an, another state, <laughs> right? I, I'm, I am tapped out. Uh, I'm I, I literally so going to parkour out of yeah, that yeah. window. And I have no idea what's on the other side of it. I, I just want to talk to God more. That's what he makes me want to do is talk to God more. I know. I wish you could figure out a way to do it other than running. Cause I, I yeah. he is, he's preaching right <laughs> now. Was a, it was, that was a joke. Cause yeah. I was like, Man, I, well, Marcus, for you, it's on your, you know, you, you go out there and cut grass. Like, do, like, like, like you lost your mind. That, that's it. your time. Yeah. Is it? No, that's, that's your time. You know, no one's out there. It's, it's, it's you alone, man, for acres and acres and hours and hours and hours, man. Trust me, I know why you do that shit. Me against the machine. I yeah. told Melly, man, I was like, hey, when I die, I want to see how many people it takes to do what I did out here. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Peace. Well, all right. So to get on this question, it, um, you know, I almost hesitate to ask it because it is kind of cliched or, you know, you've probably heard this a thousand times, but the reason why I'm asking is because, in my opinion, it's one of the most helpful things for a person to hear. You were talking before about you have to begin testing yourself mentally and physically. Back when I had asked you, you know, do you have to take it to the extent to live life as you had? Your answer was, you know, you have to begin testing yourself. What are the first steps that you can, you know, we, you can put out right now to the people who are going to hear this? You know, so if that person chooses to, how, what can you do to help put them, give them those first steps to put their feet on a path that is moving forwards towards discovering that, you know, realizing a life at full potential. The very first step that I took was literally going into my bathroom and looking into that dirty mirror and calling myself out. Yeah. Whatever, whatever life did to me, whatever people who bullied me, whatever my dad, my mom, whatever, whatever I did to me, no one was coming back to save David Goggins. I had to realize that, okay, man, this is my rucksack of shit. (laughs) And now I got to carry this mug a long fucking way. 
and I got to start emptying it out. And it starts right here in this accountability mirror. I call it my book. And it's just about you against you now. And ain't nobody coming back to save you. God's up there, but God's going to look at you smiling and saying, what the fuck are you made of? That's what's going to happen. That's how I look at my relationship with God. What are you made of? Let, let me see now. You're going to be fine. It's going to hurt. You're not going to want to do it. You're going to cry. You're going to suffer. It's going to be horrible. But it starts in that accountability mirror of if you're fat, you cannot say anything besides that you're fat. If you're lazy, if you're a liar, if you're a cheater, if you're on drugs, if you're whatever you are, you must look in that mirror and be brutally honest mm. with yourself and call yourself out for what you are and what you're not and put sticky notes up on there about what needs to be changed. And every day of your life from now on moving forward, it starts with that accountability mirror about how am I going to change my life for the better? You know, uh, JT used to do that, too, back in the day. Write all his goals out on his mirror because we know what we look like, right? And you're standing behind, well, you're standing in front of the goals of the man that's in the mirror, right? And at the bottom of it, work harder than everybody else. And when you hit one of those goals, you erase it and write the next one right in there, right? And just Imagine doing that with the truth. I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. It's not fun, man. Somebody walking in and seeing that on the mirror and be like, hey, what the hell? David... (laughs) David, one second, I, one second. I, I would like to try to get step two. You know, like a person hears that first step, you get that brutally honest truth. You look right. at what you are. Where are they going next? Can we have the next step? Well, well, the next step now is you got to now start fixing one of those problems. So for me, I had, God, dog, man, I had so many damn problems, man. I still have them today. It's about facing. So let's say you're fat. Mm-hmm. What has caused you to eat too? So now you got to investigate this. A lot of people just don't have an eating disorder. They A lot of people eat for comfort. A lot of people eat for depression. A lot of people eat because of their childhood, whatever. You got to now see, why the fuck am I depressed? Why am I here? So you got to do um, the, uh, I, I call it the live autopsy in my book and figure out what my problem is. People want to say, well, I need to work out more and stop eating so much. Yeah, that's that's how you fix that. But if you don't fix the damn root cause of the problem, which is usually a mental problem, you are you are off somewhere in your mind. Somewhere made you insecure or not happy. Something something in there has caused you to be this way and you're you're compensating it by eating too much damn food. Mm. Um, You know, you lost you lost pride in yourself. You lost confidence in yourself. It's all these things. So it's, 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 it's never as easy as. I need to go to the fucking gym, hit the weights, and stop eating less. Hmm. That may solve it for a hmm. second, but is it a permanent fix? I'm about doing permanent fixes so then you can move on. So it, it, it starts there. It starts one step at a time. It also starts with me. I, I lose 106 pounds in three months, less than three months. I couldn't take on that 106 pounds. Be proud of the small steps that you take along the journeys. So don't be like, oh, my God, I only lost five pounds in eight days or 20 days. No, be like, Hey, I lost five fucking pounds. Be, be proud of the fact that you're moving forward and not moving back. So, mm-hmm. it, so that, that's step two, small victories. Yeah. Right. 160 yeah. start, start at one, right? One pound. That's, I would do that too. After all, I learned that from you, man, after my surgeries and would have to go back. I would just try to stand up for the day. Right. right? And then you lay back. It was a good workout. 
<laughs> yeah, walk to the mailbox, <laughs> come back. Well, that was a good workout. It was hard. Then down for a couple of days till I could do one, right? And then as soon as you work till you see that one pound dropped off and celebrate it. Say, all right, I am absolutely on the right path. I know what I'm doing here. And then when that second one comes in and all it takes is for somebody to be like, hey, man, did you, did you lose some weight or something? That's right. When you get that one, when, the, when someone else notices that you're putting some work in, it sets in. And then, then, you're, then it'll perpetuate that. Game That's why it's coming to have people around you that love you and notice you, not just see you. Absolutely. Very true. Uh, David, I, I think that the number one place that people can absolutely learn the pathway from you is is in your new book, uh, <laughs> Can't three. Hurt Me, right? Step three, step, step four, all the different challenges. I, I'm looking forward to finishing this. Um, I, I just... Uh, what is next for you? I, I, you know, what's coming? Where can people find the book? Uh, where can people follow? And what's next for you? So they can follow me at David Goggins. I'm on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at David Goggins. Um, also, the book is on Amazon. You have the audio book. The audio book is very inventive, man. I have a, it's an audio book slash podcast slash it's radio show. It's, it's you know, I decided to self-publish. Awesome. So Good for you. I, yeah, I turned down $300,000, man, because they wanted to take my idea and kind of, you know, just do different things with it, man. And and the biggest trophy I have isn't the money. It's what you're holding right there. It's that book. It's, it's, it's what overcame. It's what I'm still overcoming. And there's not a price tag on that, man. So you can get that on Amazon, um, hardcover, um, softcover, audiobook, ebook, all that's on Amazon. And um, what's next for me, man, is once again, I'm still listening to the voice in my head. And right now it's telling me, hey, man, you got to continue sharing your message. And it, it's, it was all about that book for a very long time. Yeah. So, you know, it's about helping others, changing people's mindsets for the better. And that's where that's where I'm at right now. But continue to grind on myself, because if I don't grind myself, my message is 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 diluted. It's diluted because people don't hear the passion. This passion comes from a real place. It comes from an earned, a very earned place. So I can't just speak like everybody else. Hey, everybody, how you doing? I'm David. God. No, like, man, you speak with so much fire. It's, it's earned on a daily basis. It's earned. Well, it's uh, well-deserved. Awesome. And uh, God is definitely speaking through yeah. you, David. And uh, we can't thank you enough. For sharing we, we we just wish you all the best and whenever you feel like coming back on or maybe when we need you to come back on to to help our listeners and to help us and uh, we'll turn we'll, on the goggins appreciate you thank right, god brother. god bless you you man thanks bud Bro, two years ago, we had that man on, and that was a different man that we heard today. What do you notice about him that's changed? It's like he's turned into a wise man. Yeah, exactly. I, we were on Fox and Friends a little while ago, man, and he he answered. He started off the whole conversation, man, and I was just sitting there watching him because of before, yeah. years before. I was like, man. I even talked, I was like, hey, man, you're getting really good. I don't have anything to say. You're getting really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's falling yeah. into the to the mode of where 
he can explain what he's doing and why he's doing it. Yeah. That, that, that just takes time. I think all those years are running and, and the voice is running around in his head. He figured out how to put them in a sentence and throw them back out. And that's, I think that's, that's awesome, man. That's what's supposed to happen. And, and that's what writing a book or journaling or what, or any of those types of things can do for people, right? It clarifies the noise and, and those voices that are distracting him from, from the truth of who he really was and where he really came from. Right. I mean, when I, you know, started reading this, you know, the whole first part of the book is this childhood experience. And, you know, he referenced it over and over about that six year old kid and, and, and fighting that kid and, and what he, how he looked at himself and, Man, it's just so cool to see that he can see it all now for what it is. Yeah, that paints a beautiful picture, doesn't he? Oh, my God, it's clear. And it's almost like when he opens his mouth, he, he's not even trying. It's just it's spilling out of him, right? And, you know, you think about at what point in our lives, because I think this is really, you know, the great question we all ask ourselves is why, are, you know, who am I? Why are we here? Well, he's got a pretty good idea of, of who he is now. And now he's on that second path of why he's here, which it sounds like he believes wholeheartedly God wants him to spread this message. Yeah. Did you feel that? That's powerful. Oh, yeah, man. It's powerful. When you say it's confidence, you can see it in him, and and when you when you ask him a question, even on the deepest levels, and you know, wizard's picking his head, and you can rattle it right out of there, then it, especially if you're not prompted for it, it, means you know it's in there, you know it, and the ability to to hmm. say it is is what separates most people uh, who go through through the hard times but can't express it. Right, they kind of get yeah. shut down, and they just well, there's shame of it. They're level the it out, right? Yeah, and it, it's actually coming on on everybody to talk about their experiences to each other. Well, that's how we share our. We're, we're connected in our collective pain, right? That's how you know you're not yeah, alone in our suffering. <laughs> now, wizard, what did you hear differently about him? It's just what we're talking about right now. I mean, if you go so far to assume that his discovered purpose in life or 20 years from now, he will reflect back and see, which I think is becoming evident, that his greatest use to society, right, if we talk about what he puts out there, the impact he has, his message, and how he affects people, is going to be exactly that. The, the, what it has done, in my opinion, with this book and the evolution we've seen over the, in differentiation from the first two interviews, is his accessibility. And it seems as though he's starting to fill in, or at least making the blanks, the answers to all the blanks that have previously not been there. He's answering a lot of those questions, which is making him much more accessible to people, and therefore they can get a greater understanding, and therefore that makes his impact on society that much more effective. Um, and that, that really stood out to me as, as extremely evident in comparison to everything, even his tone. His posture uh, that he had in this interview was different. I noticed a more palpable positivity in him too, right? He he's turning that that pathway of pain into a positive experience. Well, and the, you can't get away from it now. And the best part about the book and him in in the open is he, he has to learn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, like that, it, it, he's becoming. He's kind of taking that role, though. I mean, certainly not. <laughs> he's still physically out there putting out, right? But he's taking, like you said, he's becoming like that 
like a wise man's sage uh, sort of role is starting the to lama. appear. The, the lama, the, I think. Goggins, <laughs> the llama, <laughs> the Dolly Goggins, yeah. the Dolly the Goggins, Goggy Lama, <laughs> the Dolly Goggins, the All Dolly right. Goggins, <laughs> Dolly Dude. Goggins. I, I tell you what, like, you know, you, you, li- you go to the back of his book and, you know, he has a, 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 a litany of, of incredible human beings giving quotes. And Marcus, of course, you're on there as well. And Taya and Jim DeFleece and all these incredible people. And at the top is, is Joe Rogan, right? And Joe says, David Goggins is a being of pure will and inspiration. Just listening to this guy makes you want to run up a mountain, right? And, and and to be able to you know to capture the 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 awareness. I mean, his book is number one on every chart. It's sold out. You know, within a couple of days, it's 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 you know it's gonna be on this insane meteoric rise. You know, he's on track to do. He could do. I don't know, a couple hundred thousand in the next few months easily, right? Deservedly so. And and, the, and what I'm hearing is the audio book is the way to go too because it has the uh, it has his own personal aspect in there as well too. So who knows how does many he read? Does he narrate the audio book? Well, no, the guy who helped him it. write it, but then he comes in and he gives interviews in it as well too. Uh, and he they talk about it almost in a podcast form. So uh, David it flushes out the context in a Q&A type type thing so i mean what two amazing ways to experience goggins right Mm. i mean really really powerful what what i hear in the man is his his availability to talk about the truth of where his pain originated and the hardest thing in the world is to be honest like he said about where we come from and where our pain comes from in in its literal and figurative sense right you know, he, he had a horrific childhood. He, he, he struggled in the teams as well, too. But none of those things does he look at in any, in any way, shape, or form other than God pulling him to this pathway of enlightenment, right? And, and what I heard is it's, it's gone past the, he, he's come through, so to speak, right? When he first went, it was this transcendental enlightenment through the experience of pain itself. Well, now he knows it's not the pain of mile 135 or 136. It's the pain of that childhood fear. It's the pain of judgment as an adult in, in a community mm. of, of, of where we're judged co- constantly. And most especially now, that next evolution of, of Goggins, right? The pain of having to share the message. I yeah. wonder how that's going to affect his running. Good question. Great question. <laughs> no. <guess> too friendly. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to happen. There's a reason why you didn't pet our working dogs. Yeah, I hope right. and pray it does for a man, for sure. Well, wow. If you are a first-time listener, thank you for showing up. That was Goggins, part three. And I, I, I honestly... You, you can't get much better access to uh, somebody who preaches what they live uh, and lives what they preach and is also within the same context a pathway for you, the listener, to f- discover the never quit mindset, you know? Um, 
you're coming back, man. This, you know, for, for all those people that used to write in and say, you know, uh, hey, man, I listen to the Goggins show every day I wake up. Now they're going to have a third Goggins show, right? right. They could, you could literally listen to three Goggins shows. Chapter three. Right, right? This is, we're creating a series. <laughs> right, exactly, I, I, yeah. I love it, man. The evolution well, of, of, of yeah, the, what, the Dolly that's Goggins. That's what we're just documenting is the, the journey for him. <laughs> the, the evol- yeah, this is, we'll call it the evolution of the Dolly Goggins. The yearly event. Yeah. We're the reporters for Goggins. <laughs> this week in the news. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this year. All right. <laughs> If if you want to know about us for any reason whatsoever, uh, go to our website. If you find us to be relevant in, yeah, in, in any, any way, shape, yeah. or form. Go to our website. We absolutely have nothing to do. And, uh, <laughs> set up on the keyboard so you can actually type it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Visit our website at tnqpodcast.com where you can download or listen to our show streaming on any platform. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, any place you can download or listen to a podcast. We're there. We also want to give an incredible thank you to our our strategic teammate and partner being a part of the Westwood One Podcast Network, baby. Thank you so much for allowing us to join your team. We're incredibly excited. The, The journey has just begun, and we can't wait to push ourselves as Goggin would push themselves with this. Now, what we want to do is just thank one of our sponsors, man. And these guys, Whoop, we're so excited to have them a part of us. Whoop is the human performance company that transforms how athletes understand their body and unlocks their inner potential. Designed for the 24-hour performance lifestyle, Whoop has built a system across hardware, analytics, and community used by the most elite athletes in the world to positively change behavior through actionable recommendations. The Whoop Strap 2.0 provides teams and individuals with a continuous and personalized understanding of recovery, strain, and sleep. Studies demonstrate Whoop can reduce injuries, prevent overtraining, improve performance, and, and improve performance. Join the best athletes in the world and learn more by visiting Whoop.com. Now, gents, all of us in here recognize the power of monitoring the, the details of our performance, right? I mean, Marcus, we learned about it in 18 Delta. What about heart rate and everything else? Oh, pulse, pulse rate, pulse pressure. It's amazing how far the technology has come back from the day when it was two fingers on the, uh, on the and throat. And you're carotid, right? Right, right. And watching, uh, mm-hmm. watching the, the old wrist there to, around the chest. And now it, just, it has all that encompassed because a lot of stuff you couldn't wear while you were asleep or in the water or anything else. So every generation that comes out of that tells you more and, and gives more. And thank God for Whoop, man. I just started wearing mine last week, and already uh, the data that it's showing me is incredible. Now, Wizard, you also have some information that you believe is is mm-hmm. pertinent to all performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what's really cool about these wearable fitness trackers, um, particularly something like the Whoop, which we've been running around here for a little while, is that uh, it takes a lot of that guesswork, the subjective nature, which can, which can be really it, – it runs – directly contrary to being efficient and really getting the most out of your workouts. I mean, it's something that affects pretty much everyone. If you're not able to get objective, you know, defined data that is going to show you what you're accomplishing when you're working out or even in recovery, which 
you know, you can wear the whoop 24 hours when you sleep, then you can't really uh, achieve and maximize your time, your efficiency in your workouts. And I think that's a fantastic advantage that people should be taking advantage of these days with something like the whoop. I'll tell you what, one of my favorite also aspects, and you can find all kinds of information, they had a group of our brothers, Navy SEALs, that did this incredible race. They they skydived into the ocean, swam a couple miles to the shore, and put on plates and did a 100-mile run in under 24 hours, all while, all while wearing the whoop strap. Their, their whole experience is online. You can check it out. All right, here you go. Over the holidays, man, visit whoop.com and take advantage of the special annual membership and save 20% off per month off the standard membership. That's 20% per month off the standard membership. And if you drop our pro, pro and if you drop our promo code TNQP, you're gonna get the first month on us. Go to whoop.com. Dot com. All right. If you want to get some TNQ Podcast merch, just go visit the website, uh, tnqpodcast.com. We've got hats, T-shirts, the whole deal. If you want to follow us all, uh, we're on uh, social media. For the show, it's at TNQ Podcast. For the team, it's at Team Never Quit. Marcus is at Marcus Luttrell. The Wizard is at The Wizard TNQ. And I am at Team Frog Logic. Wow. What a way to to end this recording session. We've been out here for what about ten days or so, and man, and 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 I think we've got the perfect ending for this spectacular show. Uh, we've got a, a listener write-in story That's that a great is story. that is absolutely in in the the Goggins framework, and hopefully David will will listen to this uh, and hear this. All right, here we go. From David, my big sister Juanita died last month. She suffered from depression and committed suicide. I have dedicated my running to raise awareness for suicide prevention. I've been listening to the TNQ podcast number eight and number 35. The David Goggins podcast have given me the tools and guidance to enter the ultra marathon runners world. I just turned 51 this month. Three years ago, I was fat, lazy, and void of energy. I told myself I had to do something about it. I weighed almost 240 pounds. I joined a gym and started working out for many hours a day, every day competing in, weight lo- in a weight loss challenge at work. I won the challenges, and now I'm at 172 pounds. I listen to David Goggins' videos and podcasts while I run daily. It helps me stay focused on never quitting. I went on a crazy run after hearing podcast eight. I took his advice to cut out all the way to cut out all the ways to quit. I drove my dad's car to the Austin South Terminal Airport around ten thirty p.m. Then I started running towards San Marcos, about thirty six miles away. I had to run in the darkness, alone, in an area I wasn't familiar with. I listened to Podcast 8 and 35 for the next 36 miles. This was the farthest I had run up until that point. I completed a Corpus Christi Marathon earlier in the year. Yesterday, I decided to run 
an unassisted marathon in McAllen, Texas in 102 degree heat. I completed my run in six hours and 55 minutes. The feeling of completion was amazing. I'm training to run in the Habaneros 100 miler on August 18th, 2018. My sister would have been 52 on August 11th. My goal next year is to run the Badwater 135. I have no excuses to not do it. I'm in excellent health. I don't drink alcohol, no drugs, no medications, and no physical limitations. I will run at least 100 miles a week to train. I have been doing sauna training to get acclimated to the heat. I want to personally thank Marcus, Wizard, and David for your service. This podcast is awesome. You got to figure there are literally thousands and thousands, if not millions of people that David's message is inspiring to get out there and run. And not so to speak in, in its literal terms, but to run away from their shame, away from their guilt, and towards their best form of themselves. And man, that is epic. David, thank you for writing in. Yeah, thank you, David. David, thank you, Goggins. The Dolly Goggins, thank you for coming on with us again and showing us the next stage of where you are. Your wisdom is profound. Your truth is powerful. And really, your insight is transformational. Thank you so much, sir. I want to thank God for talking in my head like like he does, for Christ, for showing me the way. For John of the girls, my family, my friends, all those who inspire me in this life. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank you too. Man, this is really a blessing. Thank you. There is. Hey, David, good job. You're you're already tougher. I ain't running, man. And Goggins, just thank you for being you, man. I know I have this I don't know why this stuck in my head. We were at Pendleton and up in the kill house and he was walking through there and I heard him, uh, he yelled out my name and looking down, you know, he's, a, he used to be an amazing, uh, he can break dance too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I won't get into that, that whole crazy story, but, uh, from there standing on top of that hill in Pendleton to where he's at now, man, just, it has been an honor and a blessing to watch you do that. And it, those hard times, I, yeah, I got hard times flush the chumps, right? And so, just to see that whole evolution as to where you're at now into the the teaching phase of it is really something, man. And congratulations on that book. I, I mean, I hope it sells more than 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 any Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, I mean, just on your success and everything, you're you're really something, brother. Thank you very much, and to uh, everybody, man, the Holy Family for letting us do this, my family for loving me and let me have my friends and to all the listeners who keep bringing us back you guys have no idea how much uh, you guys mean to us and give us the opportunity to meet all these wonderful guests and keep hanging out with each other so it's truly something thank you all for it i'm out out